Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple, Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt. Full Tilt. Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Give me back the shares, fucko. <laughs> I paid you handsomely. You can buy me out of current value, take the rest of the ride yourself, if you want to be rid of me that badly. Fine, half my shares back. Well, as you said, they're worth more now, so what price? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think... <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Hope the most common was hands. Tom Stipple, FF Jacob. I figured you would love the intro for that. I sat all week trying to figure out a theme, and I figured I've had that kind of conversation with fantasy football. So I found it, I heard it, and uh, it reminded me of you. So here we are. Cooter Doodle is here oh, early in the chat. That's going to be me when, when Callaway goes off for 100 yards in week four, and I look at all those the shares that I've been selling for second round picks, like, give me back the shares, fucko. Hey, hey, hey. Look, uh, I wasn't here last week, but I'm happy that I can uh, get the whole band back together. Tom underscore Lee92, my co host at the Fantasy Walkabout, did a great job filling in, but we are here. And what a, we got a a little bit of everything. We got people VRTDB today. We've got another Billy Stack Corner. But before I want (laughs) to FF underscore fucko, that's right. Um, Before we get into the the real heart of the episode, I just want to cover a couple of things. Uh, shout out to at what gives uh, FF for winning the Antonio Gibson give uh, c- uh, rookie card giveaway. Uh, we'll be getting in touch for that. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Barry Rob, who lost his dad. Uh, so we're thinking about you, buddy. Uh, hang tight. Get in there. And the the other thing I want to do, I do want to talk about, is a charity uh, which I've donated to that I think everyone uh, should go. And it's Emmy's Unicorns. And we're going to go right there. This is the shirt. Got it from my niece. Fantastic. Uh, Bob Gilchrist's daughter is doing a, um, a drive uh, charity event um, for type 1 diabetes. Uh, you can go at Bob Gilchrist FF to get more information on that. You can also head to – I'm just going to pull it up real quick. Um, I'm going to post the link to the website where you can donate for the fundraiser and everything like that. Great cause. Gentlemen, again. So happy to be back with you guys. I missed you. Uh, look, a uh, lot of stuff. You've already heard the news this week. Lots of news. That's right. Kudrudo's repping the Emmys unicorn. That's Hell what's up. Yeah. What a what a what a good what a good group that is. Um, every week, lots of news happens in Dynasty uh, fantasy football. It's every week. Even slow weeks have a lot of news, and you've probably heard it already because it's Friday. Right, so every week, me and the boys here, we like to skim past it with a little thing uh, we like to call "Do we give a shit?" 
Uh, so I'm going to hand it over to my main mates right here. Guys, do we care about anything in the news? J.K. Dobbins to IR. Cam Newton got cut. Um, any? Is there anything that we really, really care about? Jacob, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I mean, some awesome albums were dropped. Uh, you know, Drake came <laughs> out today. Uh, certified lover boy, of course. Kanye came in, dropped Donda. Uh, you know, I, I think that's really where we got to lead it off. If, if you prefer certified lover boy by drake then you're just kind of a weak sauce individual i guess uh and i don't know you sit around and you there's a great great quote by i believe it was elliot uh, graham barfield graham barfield said if you just actually sit down and listen to drake uh you definitely cover your fries and ketchup and you actually enjoy vanilla ice cream and yeah the, the amount of people <laughs> are, are going gaga over drake just like rapping about his sunday uh, you know, when Kanye's out here dropping lit tracks, it, it upsets me greatly. And I just can't even focus on fantasy football when I'm seeing these kind of bad takes littered all over my timeline. So I think everybody needs to take a look in the mirror, need to listen to Donda. Uh, otherwise, you know, they go into jail. Oh my God. Uh, so, okay. That's how much he cares about that. Billy. Uh, I care a lot about JK Dobbins and Cam Newton both getting JK cut. Donda. JK Donda. Uh, oh, no. Oh, I mean, no. we, we can cover, we, it's been talked about at length by every single podcast in the world. Gus Edwards is going to be fun for this year in dynasty right now. I think he's kind of at the top of the AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard tier, but that's about, that's yeah. what we can talk oh. about there. Um, Mac Jones is exciting. I think he's going to have a Derek Carr slash Kirk Cousins. Mac Jones career. is exciting. I, I think that, that's, that's that's like a, that's a Drake the, is exciting level. Test. The fact the fact oh that he's God. going in week one is exciting. The fact that okay. we don't have to sit there and play the same game we're going to play with Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I think that's exciting. I think he's going to have a career of Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr. Like I, I'm yeah. th- that's about the line we're expecting from right. Mac. So y'all enjoy that piece. Besides that, I I mean I don't think a whole lot interesting has happened this week. No, nah, I think the the best part of this week is the overreactions, uh, boneless wings level excitement uh, over there from the Dynasty Vipers, where we are also broadcasting with our partners. Uh, so obviously, lots of great stuff. I know Ryan is out there posting re- uh, 2020 year in reviews on the regular, uh, hoping to get them all out before the season <laughs> kicks off with more underway. So that's our news. We keep it really simple. Uh, with news because again you've heard it all look uh, this this season is a little different for us we've made new friends along the way a few new partners so um, look I'm trying to get a little bit more into college football uh, I want to learn a bit uh, more about betting so we have teamed up with two gentlemen the stars um, and they're going to give us just a couple of minutes for their lead pop Oh my God, I blew it again. Lead pipe locks of the week for the Big Ten Conference in college football. We're going to cut to that right away. And uh, yeah, sit in, sit tight, and win some money this week with the boys from What's the Spread. This is What's the Spread. Hey, it's your uh, weekly recap with Dan Starr, Andy Starr. This is week one, so we'll click quickly get into it. Um, we're going to do lead pipe locks or our bonus picks of the week, depending on where they fall. So this airs on a Friday. So this week we're going to give you our bonus picks, which are uh, Saturday games. So I'm going to start. So my bonus pick of the week 
We got an FCS matchup. We got South Dakota State going to Mountain West Colorado State. Colorado State comes in as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but they aren't good on offense, and they're not good on defense. 104 scoring defense, um, 106 scoring offense. I look at South Dakota State. They were the national runner-up last year in the FCS. They returned virtually everyone on offense except for their quarterback. They get a transfer quarterback, Chris Olodekun, and he's got a lot of talent around him with the the Yankee brothers, Jackson and Jaden, at wide receiver. Look for this offense to be potent and blow out Colorado State. Give me two and a half points for South Dakota State all day. Andy, what do you got? So I'm going to take the game of the week this week in college football. we got two top ten teams at a neutral site. Clemson is a three-point favorite versus Georgia and Charlotte. This is a completely different offense for Clemson. They obviously lose Trevor Lawrence and ETN, start of the DJ Uyunglele era. They do get wide receiver Justin Ross back, and will look to have a uh, powerful running attack with three, uh, three pretty decent running backs in Lynn J. Dixon, Kobe Pace, and Shipley. Uh, Georgia offense is coming in hobbled. They lose their wide receiver one, George Pickens, to the for the year with an ACL tear. And Darnell Washington, their tight end, is out uh, as for this game as well. So they're going to be leaning heavily on Zamir White and JT Daniels and their defense, which was ranked 12th last year. But they did lose four of those starters in the first three rounds of the NFL draft, including both cornerbacks and a defensive end. For pass defense, it wasn't actually that great last year, finishing 88th at 250 yards per game. And I don't think it's hyperbole, but this is a playoff game for both of these teams. Uh, I think Clemson realizes that and needs it more. So I think Clemson will win and win easy. Give me Clemson minus three. Awesome. So this is What's the Spread? Please gamble responsibly. Yo, yo, yo. Big shout out to the boys at What's the Spread. That is important gambling information for your college football. You definitely want to get those points uh and get that money in your pocket speaking of money and gambling and they said it right gamble responsibly and one way to gamble responsibly is with the full tilt dynasty podcast we like to put our money where our mouth is and like jacob likes to put uh his money where his mouth is uh with donda is better we also like to put our money into thrive fantasy jacob what is it about thrive fantasy that that helps us succeed. Look, sometimes certain things your person, you know, maybe they're not going as perfectly. And if you're Kanye West, how do you thrive? You get back in the booth. You start spinning some fire tracks, right? If you're a fantasy player, maybe you had J.K. Dobbins, uh, tough week for you. Maybe you had Mike Davis, in which case, uh, I, you know, you're probably not gambling responsibly, but. Look, if you want to try and, and get some of that back, if you want to think, you know what, screw this season-long fantasy business where people get injured all the time, we're getting screwed over left and right, people getting hurt at practice, people get hurt in the preseason. You know, let's just let's just keep this to one game at a time, right? One game, four quarters, 60 minutes. That's where you go over to thrivefantasy.com. Thrivefantasy.com, use promo code <laughs> full tilt. For a $100 deposit match, that's something that they're offering. So if you go to thrivefantasy.com, you want to play player props in season. Okay, so say we get to week one, right? Dallas, Tampa Bay. You're a big CeeDee Lamb guy. You think CeeDee Lamb's going to break out? You hit the over on CeeDee Lamb. 
He gets it done for you. You win. That's it. Don't have to worry about the injuries. Don't have to worry about anything else. You're already a winner. And you're a winner when you're listening to the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. So head over, use promo code Full Tilt, all caps, just like you see at the banner at the bottom of the screen, for up to a $100 deposit match on Thrive Fantasy. Love it. And I, you know what? I'm making money this year. And they give you $100 free money if you just, if you match, you know, put your $100 in. Why wouldn't you do that? It's free money. (laughs) And then you can use that I to go win even more money. And that's what we care about, making more money. Because I get it. Fantasy's fun, but you also want to win money when you're when you're doing your, your footballs this season. Uh, look, great hot start, but we're going to move it to one of our most popular segments over here at the Full Tail Dynasty podcast, and that is Billy's Stat Corner. Me and Jacob are going to put our collective minds together and uh, try to get another win in the column. So sit tight. We're going to come back in just a second, and we're going to hit Billy's stat corner. That is what's up. Now, look, if you're new to the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, I think that I got the uh, record correct this week. Uh, Billy is sitting at 10 and 3, 10 for the for Billy and three for the jobbers. That is myself and Jacob. Uh, we got the help of the pod father himself to help us put a W in the jobbers uh, corner. And uh, gosh, we, uh, I know we failed with the, uh, Oh my gosh, the oh, snap percentages, not that long ago. So we're going to come back. What Billy stat corner is, is Billy is going to ask us a question uh, regarding uh, fantasy, and we are going to get three strikes to answer that question, and we're also going to get one um, hint to try and take down the stat man who's still technically in a corner. Uh, in, in his, I'm just spot. further away from the corner. It's, just, it's a different corner. Uh, but <laughs> I'm moving I mean, around. We're real, we're real creative on this show with how we come up with our uh, with our naming. So, <laughs> Billy, hit us with the stat this week. All right. So last week, I felt like I capitalized on a player that wasn't very memorable. Talking about Rodney <laughs> Adams from the yeah. Chicago Bears. Okay. Now, I want to talk about something that's very memorable, and that is week one production. So, okay. so go, going into week one. <laughs> Uh, we are looking at since 2019. What? <laughs> Damn it! Uh, what? <laughs> Sammy Watkins is one of them. Sammy uh, Watkins. <laughs> I I knew you were gonna know it right away. Um, so yeah, Sammy Watkins is one of them. That's fine. I knew that one was getting guessed. All right. Since 2019, who has the record? The top three records. For single game receiving yards in week one. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson. So I, I will note Sammy Watkins was number one pushing two there we go. That's receiving what's up. yards. He's got one already. Okay. He's got to Deshaun. be DJX. DJX he had 2019 a, went absolutely ham. He had 198 receiving yards. Not DJX, uh, Sammy Watkins. Oh, Sammy. Yeah, that was Sammy. <laughs> You think Sean Jackson? I'm, 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 I feel Jackson. very good about D Jacks in 2019. He absolutely roasted. I think it was the football team. Well, they they had a different name back then. Yes, that was against the football team, but it was not good enough for top three on the list. Oh no, De- Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson tested number six with 154 oh, receiving yards. 
Wow. Okay. So, okay. so better than so 154. There's, so there's four folks between 154 and 198. Two of them. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. All right. So hmm, blow up weeks here. And they're all wide receivers. This isn't something they are. Trick. They're all wide receivers. There's okay. no Darren Waller, no Travis yeah. Kelsey, George Kittle. So since okay, when? So last since year, when? since 2019. So last, last year and the year before. Okay, okay, so last year, like there week one DFS pulls. Um. So last year, like Adam Thielen was a monster week one DFS. I know that. Um, was that? So was Devontae yards. Adams. They played against each other. They were like in the nut lineup together. Um. I remember Robbie Anderson having a really long touchdown last year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know if he did much else. Um, mm-hmm. In 2019 and 2020 is the key here. We yeah, got I'm one right with Sammy Watkins. We got one wrong, and that was Deshaun Jackson. Um, Michael Thomas, maybe? 2019, Michael Thomas? He never gets yards, though, because he only runs slants. Yeah, but if you run 15 well, of them and you catch 12... Maybe in 2019. Last year, he absolutely like laid an egg in week one. He had three catches for 17 yards. Okay. Yeah, then he had yeah, that one a catch trick at one, the end of the game. But there's an obvious, look, there's always an obvious one. There's a trick one, and then there's one in between. Because that's how Billy yeah. operates, because he's a bastard. Huh, I, I was so, so, I felt so good about DJX. Oh, how many hearts did Hollywood get week one in 2019? Didn't he just like go crazy oh, against, against the Dolphins? the Dolphins. I don't think it was more than Deshaun Jackson, but it's, oh, it's a good... Okay. He had three. Okay. He had like three catches. Oh yeah, let's say Hollywood Brown. Is that official? Sure. Why you want to go official on that? Uh, up Too to you. This is your team, baby. If any, if anyone knows Hollywood you. Brown. All right. Hollywood Brown was number eight on the list. Oh, he had 147 what? receiving yards. He and had the secondary's got to tighten up in week one. I'm over this shit. So that yeah, is two no strikes. Brutal. Two strikes. All right, we want the hint now. We want the hint now. We got two yeah, strikes. We'll take our hint. We'll take our hint. All right. So um, this hint worked better when Sammy was still in the game, but I knew he wasn't going to make it anyway. Only one of these players. Get out of the explanation. <laughs> only, only one of these players is still on the team that they did it with. Huh. Okay. So um, Julio Jones? Uh, ooh. That's that's not bad. That's not bad. Okay, what? So Julio Robbie, last Robbie year. Anderson is good. Last year Julio played against Seattle and he was fine, but he definitely he definitely wouldn't have been 2020. 2019. No, but Robbie Anderson's still with the Panthers. Um like, Yeah, one of them one of them is. So that's why I'm saying right. it could be. Um I, I think I don't think he had like that insane of a game though. I think he just kind of had one big play. Um Okay, Julio who did they who did they play in 2019? I'm trying to remember that now. Um, I don't know. This is tough. No, he didn't have that big of a game in 2019, the first week, because they, oh, they played, uh, they played Minnesota in 2019 and they got absolutely blown out. Okay. Uh, Okay. okay. I forgot about that game. Yeah. That was ugly. (laughs) Ugly. Uh, I'd like, Uh, I mean, if if the chat has a suggestion, we'll we'll take it because we're running short on our time. Actually. Um, okay. Didn't. No, he didn't get one's over gotta be obvious. Like I was going to say one... Slayton last year. He had a ridiculous week one, but uh, he didn't have that big of a week. Oh, that was a good day. I like that, that day. Of Darius Slayton that was it. That was <laughs> it. Week one is so wild. Like uh, Lockett and Metcalf both went pretty ham last year against Atlanta. Week, week one? I'm not sure that they hit over 154. And they're um, all receivers. 
people that aren't on the same freaking team. This sucks. I hate this. Oh, John Ross. John Ross, 2019. Yes. Okay, we'll go John Ross, 2019. I'm very glad you remembered that because I was going to feel really bad if he was the one that y'all didn't get. John Ross had 158 yards. Oh, my God. In 2019 with the the Bengals. That is number two. Wait, he had what? 158 yards. So there's someone between wait, wait, 158 wait, wait, wait. yards so and 158 and he was two. And Djax was 154 and he was sixth. There are three people between Djax and John Ross. There's three people. Oh with my! 155, is... 156, or 157. Billy, I hate you. I hate so that's insane. So Sammy Watkins, John Ross, and the third person, uh, all topped out at a maximum of 158 yards. The rest. From uh, there was two players that tested at 157. I hate you so much because this is why, this is why we employ Billy to do the stat corner because he's fucking good at it, okay, well, mate. Elite is there a by Packer? John Ross. Did MVS uh, go thing. off? Did MVS, MVS did go, go off? off. He did go off in 2020, but I don't think to that degree. But I, he was in my best DFS lineup last year. I was going to take a Adams? much meaner question. I'm glad I did. Yeah, Adams and Thielen also had big games last last year, week one. Um, 154 yards, you say? That's tough. Um, That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay guessing Adams. I'm okay with Adams. Uh, because it's got to be a Packer. That's year. tradition, right? I'm okay. I'm okay doing Adams. Yeah, it's just because two year. weeks in a row it was MVS. I don't Better think it's MVS. I think it's I, 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 I prefer, the MVS. Everyone went off in that game, but I think it's Adams or Thielen. It's not. It's not MVS. I, don't have I think Thielen did so. it with touchdowns. Okay, so let's go. Um, I'm okay guessing Adams. Adams. Devonte Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Was number five with oh, 156 wow. yards. Number Get three. Here, dude. Falls to the number three wide receiver on the Dallas Cowboys, Michael Gallup. Who had 158 oh. receiving yards against the Giants? Oh man, 2019, right? Ever. Yep. Yeah. And then yeah. Julio Jones had 157 against Seattle. So Julio last year. was right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have, oh! like, oh, I just knocked Who's my monitor out. Oh no, my my <laughs> my stuff is showing. Hang on. Oh oh no oh oh. Where oh, my joke is right gone. There. Oh no! I mean, he's, he's hey, I'm so mad. We we crushed that. We got John Ross. We we pulled yeah. freaking uh, Djax. It was like two yards off. We called Adams. Yeah. It was two yards off. That's, Julio Jones is right there. We deserve better. Whatever. Screw this game. That was a tough. <laughs> that's a tough loss. That's Billy Stack Corner for the week. Uh, when we, we come go. back, everything. We bad. are going to uh, get into some of the <laughs> cheat sheet exposed. <laughs> yeah. That's chest right, sheet. 100 chest sheet. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into uh, some of the meat of the, the, the order here. All right, sit tight. We're going to come back in just a second. Okay, back at it. Look, this show is obviously... Is rigged. <laughs> Billy is just out here. Rigged. That was a... That was, knows a... That, that was an unfair game. It uh, actually should have been Darius Slayton. Should have been Darius Slayton. Uh, look, obviously, the 
Oh my God, Jacob. Uh, look, obviously uh, the show is called projecting our feelings and that's exactly what we're going to do onto all of our listeners. We're going to project our feelings for the 2021 season onto everybody before we really kick things off next week. So of course we're going to be trying to trigger warning people with some of these. And we, we actually do believe these and that's what's important is we're not just saying things because it's click worthy we're going to get the retweet. We're going to get the quote tweet talking about how outrageously ridiculous we are. Maybe you'll even slide into DMs with what we post and call us morons. However you want to handle it is up to you. Oh, if you slide the DMs, block button immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i like it more than jacob does look uh for 2021 we're gonna give you each our hottest take of the 2021 season it's we're gonna kick it off spicy here we're gonna keep them relatively short and you can at us for more information i want to start with billy what's your hottest take for the 2021 season brother now a couple of weeks ago we did a show with the world famous uh galactically famous podfather and yes. in that case, we had a Knicks segment because we were running a bit long about one of our hot takes. Mm-hmm. My personal hot take on this show that got nixed was that I don't think we're going to have a single rookie RB1 this year. Now, this was hotter back when Travis Etienne was still healthy. Oh, God. Also, this was back when Aker was, Akers was healthy and Dobbins this was healthy. Isn't even a well, hot take. This is now. This is now just a lame ass nausea. So I think we're. I think we're moving it down a little bit. Lukewarm. But day. this has gotten to the point where Najee Harris is pushing RB eight, <laughs> RB seven. This, is, in like, this is like barely heated in the microwave tape. Ah, oh boo! God, it's oh, a Michelina Zappa's take. Oh All right, everyone. Jacob wants me to stop talking so he can do another busted ass Donald Trump impression. All right. Okay. Moving on. Uh, if so, uh, the, I'm not interrupting. You're interrupting. All right. So in this situation, literally what we have to look at is picking. Yeah. Tom Lee is down. Tom Lee is the biggest detractor from the statement here, but we're looking at RVs that are going behind specifically Najee Harris, Javonta Williams and Trey Sermon are both in a situation. Oh my God. My monitor went out again. What is happening? Okay. Well, I can't have fun anymore. Apparently. Um, Wow. Fuck the beat. I go acapella. Um, So in this case, we're in a situation where we need to pick some combination of Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, anyone in that situation to push to go fast Najee Harris. And there's like five players I didn't name there because I no longer had the Fantasy Pros ECR pulled up, and I'm doing all this off the top of my head. So in that situation, I think that's a very strong case to say that Najee Harris isn't going to finish as a top eight running back or a top 12 or even pushing a top 15. And that's how far we have to push down the board before I'm comfortable to say that's where Najee Harris is going to end up. Trey Sermon and Javonta Williams both have a they have a win condition where they push onto this list as well. I don't care. I'm taking so many other players before I'm taking a rookie running back this year in redraft. I mean, as Jacob right. said, it was uh, lukewarm. Good, I mean, good. it got spicier when you said not top 15. I think you reach for that. What is this monitor background? Let's all mock Billy uh, for oh his futile God. efforts like, of production. Uh, he's got like a nice background. Shit right there nice in the background. That, that was right Avengers there. Endgame. Leave me alone. Yeah, okay, oh. fair enough. Okay, I'm going to go with my hot take of the 2021 season, and I think that Sam Darnold will quarterback a top five fantasy offense. This season. All right, where's the ticker? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go get the banner. I'll get the banner. All right. Not, All right. Not, here it is. Here no, it is. let's not let's not Stretch hear what out. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that that is going to happen, though I would love it. But what I am talking about is every year we look at the offense that produces the most fantasy points as the offenses that we want to target. And you should have been wanting to target the Carolina Panthers offense. And it's not just because of Christian McCaffrey. It's what they did around their quarterback situation. They upgraded from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold. And I don't care what you got to say about that. They drafted Terrace Marshall. They signed Dan Arnold. They have a the coaching staff is coming into its second year and they get their prized possession back. They also upgraded their backup running back from Chuba Hubbard to Chuba Hubbard from the trash can that was Mike Davis. Um, the myth, the fantasy that was Mike Davis. So I think the whole offense is better. I think their defense isn't good enough to shut teams down and they play in a high scoring division and they have the schedule. So at the end of the year, you'll see Sam Darnold being the main factor as to why the Carolina Panthers have a top five fantasy season in 2021. Uh, Jacob, to you. Yeah, I mean, have you ever seen... My boy. Uh, those army movies where there's... like, uh, Or in Game of Thrones, actually, is a great example, where they're fighting the dead, and like <laughs> the army does a great job. They have all these incredible uh, castmates assembled, you know, from Jorah... And, uh, and Braun and the Hound and Brienne, all these great fighters. And then there's like Sam Tarley who's just like also there. That's Sam Darnold with the Panthers, right? He's got all of this great uh, talents around him and he's just there. And and they might drag him <laughs> kicking and screaming to QB1 season. So uh, congrats, Sam. I'm proud of you, buddy. Uh, Sam Donda. Anyway, my hot oh my take, I, I tweeted it Everything out earlier. Donda tweeted out earlier it's t time t higgins uh the number one wide receiver in cincinnati look all we've been hearing bad news bears about jamar chase all preseason all offseason like i'm i'm not freaking out about jamar chase uh, i still think he's going to be phenomenal uh for fantasy football especially in dynasty but for this year don't let that distract you from what t higgins is able to accomplish he came in as a rookie last year immediately earned playing time over 2019 week one hero, Jonathan Ross. Mm -hmm. uh, he immediately got <laughs> up on the field, immediately uh, took over the outside boundary wide receiver one position from AJ Green. And he was almost matching Tyler Boyd target for target as a rookie. He comes in this year as a 22 year old as one of only three wide receivers. who was able to hit over a 20% target share last year. And this team passed the shit out of the ball when Joe Burrow is healthy. By over two percentage points, they had the highest neutral situation pass rate in the National Football League last year while Joe Burrow was healthy. If you take their passing attempt pace while Joe Burrow was healthy and you extrapolate that over 17 games, they were on pace for 699 freaking pass attempts. So I'm projecting them to lead the league in passing. I think you're going to see over 650 pass attempts. I have them for 672. And T. Higgins is the biggest beneficiary. Jamar Chase, probably it would be quite impressive if he had a T. Higgins-like rookie season. Tyler Boyd is Tyler Boyd. We know who he is. He's going to succeed in his role. He's not the alpha wide receiver there. T. Higgins is. It does not take all that much, based on how much they passed it last year, to have T. Higgins up over 150 targets. And so my hot take is that T. Higgins will have over 150 targets. He will be top eight in the NFL in targets, and he will be a wide receiver one in fantasy football. You can get him 
per fantasy pros redraft ADP up even into the sixth round. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the value and I would love it if that happened. Uh, it would kind of spell the end for Tyler Boyd. And I think that we can all be kind of happy with that. We're going to move on. We're going to go to our 2021 flag plants. We're going to move it along a little quicker. We're going to go flag plant. Jacob, this one's kind of obvious as always. What is your flag plant for the 2021 fantasy season? Like I'm taking my flag and I'm sticking it right in this left arm for my main man, South Beach, Billy Needles. That's my flag plant this year. Shocker, right? He was my flag plant last year. Then he went out and balled, balled the hell out. And everybody forgot how good he was. Now he gets to go into a fantastic situation. Okay, who's he with? He's with Devontae Parker, who they like so much they replaced twice. They were like, you're so good. We're going to get Will Fuller to come in. And that's not even enough. We're going to go with Jalen Waddle because you freaking suck, Devontae Parker. That's how they feel about him. Then you get Jalen Waddle, really exciting talent. I think he's going to bring a lot to that offense. But we just talked about it with Jamar Chase. We just talked about it with these other rookie wide receivers. It's hard to be a guy who draws a ton of volume as a rookie. Only three wide receivers in last year's legendary all-time record-setting 2020 rookie class hit a 20% target share. That shouldn't be our expectation that Jalen Waddle accomplishes that in year one. But Will Fuller... He's a guy who's been actually remarkably stable over the last few years in terms of what he brings to an offense when he's on the field. Every single year since his rookie year that he has been healthy, he has had a much higher points per game than where he's being drafted. And over the last three years, he's averaged between a 20 and 22% target share all three years. He's actually had a higher target throughout per route run in 2019 than he did last year. And he's always going to be a guy who's super efficient in yards per target, running those down the field routes, getting open creating separation. So people think of him as this boom bust guy and he is, but when you look at over the course of the season, if he's healthy, he's a wide receiver too at worst. You can get him in the eighth round, ninth round, sometimes even the 10th round. Absolutely crazy town. Uh, Tua looked fantastic in the, in the preseason. I would take Will Fuller over guys like Jerry Judy. I would take Will Fuller over a guy like Ooh. Kenny Galladay. I would take Will Fuller yeah. over Cortland Sutton as well. Uh, and I, I would, Frankly, I would put Will Fuller in that same kind of range as like Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase. That's where I think he deserves to be. Going off of that, I want to tackle my flag plant because it's the quarterback for Will Fuller, Tua Tungavailoa, who this guy just said looked really good in preseason. And I want to go ahead and tackle something that has kind of started coming into terms these past couple of years as we're looking at these players like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, same here to my – Right. Uh, sorry, I had to catch up with how that works on this on camera. Uh, when we're talking about Josh Allen, there are these players who come around in the second, third years, that, and that's what we're looking at here with Dua. And they are building a team around him. We're getting players like Will Fuller, Billy Needles, the, the legend himself, Jalen Waddell, who wasn't our favorite prospect, but looks decent enough when he gets Dynasty the ball. Vipers, Matt Donnelly. Shout out Matt Donnelly. Yep, D- Matt, Matt Donnelly. Donnelly. Uh, Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker, who, let's not forget, was a wide receiver one two years ago. Mike Kosicki, Hun- Hunter Long, who's quiet. Miles Gaskin, who some of our fa- favorite fantasy analysts are hyping up as a potential discount Alvin Kamara. Like, it's at this mm-hmm. point where Tua Tungavailoa has so much talent around him, and it all comes back to him. And let's not forget, Tua was being hyped up as the prospect over Joe Burrow, 
over Justin Herbert two years right. ago. Tank for and, two, the baby. Only, and the only yeah. reason he fell in the draft was because he had a surgery that threatened his ability to walk. Like that's how serious the surgery was that Tua was playing through right. recovery last year. And now all of a sudden we're getting a healthier Tua coming in with a much improved offense. And mm-hmm. I think this is the situation where this is my flight plan. Tua pushes to finish as a top eight quarterback. And I'm taking him in redraft. I would like him to finish above players like Tannehill, above players like Stafford, above a lot of QBs in that range. And the best part is you don't have to take him there. In a lot of Mm -hmm. redraft leagues right now, especially those of you who are in single quarterbacks, you can sit into the late rounds and take Tua with your last pick because people don't want him. That mm-hmm. is so much ridiculous value you can turn around to get a top-end quarterback at that pick. Like, it's a monster. So, anyway, I, I just saw that my name had gotten changed. It doesn't really matter because I'm behind <laughs> projecting our feelings. Besides the point, I'm going to pass it up to my main man, Tom, here, and he's going to talk right. about his boy. I, got I it right. you saw me gesture the wrong way first. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Look, I liked those takes. I thought they were very good. Uh, flags to plant mine and I hope Giants Twitter can hear me I want you to hear it loud and and as proud as you all are Kenny Galladay will finish outside of the top 24 for wide receivers uh, this season that offense is abysmal Kenny Galladay is hurt constantly he had one season in the NFL that was his quote unquote breakout and I believe it was when he was 27 years old He's not a superior athlete. He's not a uh, a yak monster. I mean, in his breakout year, I believe he had 1,190-some yards. 948-some of that was through the air. He's not going to give you big plays, and he relied on touchdowns, something Daniel uh, Jones is not going to produce. The only fantasy asset that I want to have my hands on on that team is Saquon Barkley, maybe Evan Ingram if you're desperate, but I would rather roster Kadarius Tony than than Kenny Galladay right now because there's actual upside to the draft capital. Um, don't be fooled by the Kenny Galladay follow the money train. It wasn't real alpha money. Uh, I think uh, Dan DFS Dan uh, Bean Counter mentioned that he is a fake alpha, and I believe that to my core. Kenny Galladay is a trap Welcome back. for the 2021 season. He will not finish inside the top 24. Giants Twitter can at me if they want to. But uh, again, I'm stealing it. He's a fake alpha, and he's going to show you that because the 2022 starter quarterback for the New York Giants is not on their roster. Don't want him. Don't need him. You can do better. Like, uh, you know, Will Fuller. Um, you know, go get him so instead. Many. I, I there put are so many tweet. players going behind Galladay that I Sorry want. Sorry for disappearing, by the way. I uh, My headphones died, and then I tried to find ones to plug in, and I couldn't, so it might be a little bit echoey. But, uh, yeah, I put out a tweet a while ago where I compared Galladay to Fuller over the last three years, both 27-year-old wide receivers, both on new teams, really, really similar stats. One of them gets to play with Tua Tungavailoa. The other one gets to play with Daniel Jones. Uh, I look, I'm, yeah. I don't co-sign Tom's. I'd rather have Kadarius Tony than Kenny Galladay take. I think that is absolute blasphemy. Uh, however, uh, I, I'm not particularly yeah, enthused about Kenny Galladay this year. 
But uh, he's going to produce. Curious Tony can't even get past like John Ross right now in the depth chart. He sucks. For now, but I think there's just more to him than than what you'll see from Kenny Galladay. I just think his 2019 was a mirage of uh, perfect circumstances. Uh, So outside the top 24 for me, my flag plant uh, moving on. So I don't have to deal with much rebuttal because that's how I do things around here. We're going to go favorite deep, deep dynasty stash. We're going to talk about this for just a couple of seconds here. We don't need too much. Everyone's been giving out their dynasty stashes all off season, but we want to be able to come back to this one at this time next year and bring up uh, whether we were right or wrong. Cause at the end of the day, that's all we care about is bragging rights, especially in the Slack channel and with all of you <laughs> guys out there. So I'm going to lead it off. My favorite dynasty stash right now is Kylan Granson. Did a one quarterback rookie draft today. Uh, I nabbed him. I believe it was in the third round. He's my favorite rookie tight end, not named Kyle Pitts this year. He's looked great in the preseason. There's no reason why on a deep uh, bench or with the taxi squad spots that you can't go and put Granson in there. I think he's going to be the tight end one in Indianapolis as early as week seven this season. And Carson Wentz is going to be back. Uh, I said before we went live that I think he is basically a better Zach Ertz, uh, the way he plays, the way he breaks routes and catches the ball, and the, you know the athleticism is, I think, somewhat the same. So he's my favorite deep stash. Jacob, who do you got for your favorite deep stash? Yeah, look, it's it's tough out here in the deep stash streets. Uh, been losing deep stashes like Quez Watkins and Callaway and Zacchaeus. All of a sudden, people actually want them. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll yep. go with the guy who's stop actually- talking about him. Picked a little bit higher than you normally see for a deep stash. But while he's picked higher, he's usually considered a little lower. Uh, I'm going to talk about a guy who has second-round draft capital, who commanded an elite 26% target rate on his routes in the preseason, including a 12-target game. 2-2 Atwell is disrespected. I knew it was coming. Uh, Look, I, I said this in my draft guide. Sir William of Ockham, known for Ockham's razor, says the hypothesis with the least amount of assumptions is the one most likely to be true. Everything about Tutu Atwell, the production, the athleticism, the draft capital, the situation, it's all blinking green lights left and right. The only thing wrong with him, real short dude. Um, look, I, I don't really understand <laughs> real short small. people. I'm not one of them. Uh, I, I'm a full Ouch. foot taller. You could put Tutu Atwell, and then you could have a foot long cold cut combo on top of Tutu Atwell's head, <laughs> and it would still be shorter than me. However, that doesn't mean I don't respect the shorts. Uh, and, and Tutu, oh as a vertically God. challenged individual, can still run a vertical route tree. And, and I think he's a guy who's actually good. Uh, and we have no idea if, if a player that short can succeed in the NFL. I, like probably not, but it's just weird to me that the fantasy community is willing to take darts on guys who were drafted late and sucked in college and did all these things wrong. But they're like, this guy who's short, zero chance. Uh, I don't think there's zero chance. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I like that stash too. And we got Julian over here from the point after he's he's chilling out in the chat. Good, what Julian. the hell is up with you, my man? Happy. I was so happy I got to talk to you last week. You can catch that show on YouTube, I believe, and you can download the podcast. It was a great time uh, with myself, Julian, and the um, primetime mock, Mark. Fantastic time. Uh, Billy, who do you got for your deep dynasty stash? All right. If you follow me on Twitter for a while now, I talk about this player. I talk about this player every once in a while. 
because I buy into him a, a lot. Now, I'm talking about University of Houston, former wide receiver, now Buffalo Bills punt oh. returner, Marquez oh. Stevenson. Greg Ward. Yeah. <laughs> He's a quarterback. They let us know every time we watch an Eagles game. So the thing about Marquez Stevenson is he tore his ACL in 2017. That looked bad. Then he came out and in 2018 and 2019, both put up nine touchdowns and a thousand yards at a non-power five conference playing for Houston, which is a team that's about to be a power five when the big 12 brings them in. Yeah. I saw that. Jacob. <laughs> Get ready. Here it comes. But Marquez Stevenson is so flippin' talented. You can go back and watch his tape at Houston. He is so explosive with the ball in his hands. And the one of the biggest downsides was that he tested poorly at the combine. That's one of the biggest fallers for him. That's part of the reason multiple people have come out and said that's the reason why he didn't end up getting drafted very highly at all. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, like this is the kind what of value. Bum. This is the kind of value I want to look at because Marquez Stevenson is playing behind a geriatric receiving core of Stefan Diggs, who's, you know, young, uh, then Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Like he's in the situation to be the heir apparent to Cole Beasley in the slot, which is what he is phenomenal at. So I'm just going to get mad at you for not uh, talking about the newly anointed goat at wide receiver. You know, you better mention him or they're going to come at you. Eh, we can talk about him later. But in all that situation, <laughs> I, I legitimately think Marcus up, Stevenson. Coach? Thank you, Coach. Marcus Stevenson has this capability to absolutely detonate on his value right now. And if he doesn't, you added him off dynasty waivers. So yep. at this situation, too fab for a wide receiver who could legitimately produce very well next year. And someone who is showing serious flashes of speed in the preseason – I'm all over that because this guy looks electric. Yep. So we've got Stevenson, Granson, and Atwell as our deep dynasty stashes right before the season kicks off. Like Jacob mentioned, the, the deep dynasty stashes at this point of the year is tough, but these guys are all still relatively cheap in terms of cost uh, per value uh, on your dynasty roster. So you should definitely be going and adding them, especially as we're seeing guys. Um, yeah. Stevenson botches stuff. Uh, at the combine three times and still ran under four four eight all three times. Coach yeah. knows. Yeah, he coach he's he's coach Craig is solid. Yo, he knows. We got to go 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 check him out over there. Um, look, we're gonna go into our fantasy MVPs. We're gonna do our fantasy bust, and we got uh, two regular real life football takes for you, just real quick before we get into people v RTDB. We're gonna go with our fantasy MVPs again. We're not gonna drag this out. Just a, a you know sixty seconds or so on each one. Uh, I'm going to start. Look, I'm the host of this program. I do all the graphics. My fantasy MVP for the 2021 season is the man down in the bottom right uh, of your screen. It's Lamar Jackson. And look, mm. the reason he's my fantasy MVP is because he fell in drafts. Fell uh, to the end of the first round for quite a while here in this offseason. And I think that is bananas. In 2019, he had one of the worst receiving cores uh, a group of players around him that an MVP has ever won with, uh, let alone a fantasy MVP. And there's no reason why with a healthy offensive line and improved uh, weapons core for a quarterback you're getting at the end of the first round and into the early second for a while there can't hit that value times two and vault himself back up to his rightful place as a top four fantasy pick. My fantasy pick for the 2021 season is the cheat code himself. 
Lamar Jackson for those reasons. I'm going to go to Billy, who is your fantasy MVP in 2021. All right. For 2021, I'm taking Jalen Hurts as my fantasy MVP. And this is going to bat for a Konami code, uh, Konami code wide receiver, Konami code quarterback who has the potential to do exactly what this guy to my right did. Like he is mm-hmm. so flipping fast and he has a great wide receiving core around him. This is a one of the more improved wide receiving cores in the league. And I know we can joke about Zach Ertz all we want, but like bringing back Zach Ertz is a reliable target for this guy. Like this is going to be a good situation where he's going to have dump out, dump off options to Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz. He's going to have further down the field plays and Jalen Rager, who's a burner, and people forget that, and Devonta Smith, who won the fucking Heisman. All this time, not even mentioning Dallas Goddard, who's one of the more silently better tight ends in the league. And all this comes together to say a defense can't fully commit to stop Jalen Hurts from ducking the ball and running 10 yards on every play or throwing it deep to Devonta Smith, who is open on every route he ran in the preseason. Jalen Hurts is going to be so exciting. That's why he's my pick. I love that. Jacob, what do you got? You're muted. Mute. It wasn't absolutely me. Love the, absolutely love the Hurts me. call. Love the Hurts call. <laughs> uh, I was talking about him yesterday. Big fan of that and Lamar, of course. But look, see down here, I'm going to talk about my main man, DeAndre Swift, the last of my three running backs that I roster everywhere in Dynasty. The only one still standing. Uh, you know, Akers been dusted. ETN's been dusted. But Swift is still standing strong. This is the weirdest fade I've ever seen in my life. First of all, he plays running back. So he has an injury risk that's attached to a position. Anytime you go on your little yeah. ADP, you see RB, <laughs> just put a Q tag, okay? Put a Q tag by every RB because they're they're eternally questionable. Um, but if you're going to take one, what do you want out of your running back? You want someone young. You want someone with juice. You want someone who's going to catch passes. You want someone who's going to score touchdowns. The, the only running back in the entire NFL last year that was more efficient inside of the 10-yard line on his attempts was Alvin Kamara than DeAndre Swift. He was absolutely elite at converting touchdowns. What does DeAndre Swift do the best? Well, there's elite open field agility, elite route running, elite catching the ball. He, he's a guy who's going to be able to do his best work in the passing game. That works really well because the Lions, they're going to be passing a lot because their defense is ass in a can. So they're going to be <laughs> down in the second half. I don't care about A-back, B-back, C-back, Z-back. It's going to be, let's pass this ball, and who do we want catching it? Do we want you know Jamal Williams, uh, who gives us a lot of good quotes, and he has a really dope uh, ponytail? Or it's going to be DeAndre Swift, it's one of the best young pass-catching running backs in the entire NFL. Look, people are concerned with his groin. Actually makes no sense to me. He has he's been dealing with a groin sprain, whatever. They said they were worried about getting his conditioning. They need to see consecutive practices. He's been practicing in full for over a week, making linebackers look stupid in practice every day and scoring a fuck ton of touchdowns. I, I don't know what more you need to see. If you just read the beat reports, everyone in the lines beat says that he looks phenomenal and he's gonna play week one. He's going to play week one. He's going to play a lot in week one. He's going to be getting at least 200 carries, and he's probably going to get like 100 flipping targets. And if you get that, plus his efficiency at the goal line, even though it's the Lions, that should be a round two pick. You can often get him in round four, sometimes even in best ball formats in round five. He is the only running back in the dead zone, in my mind, who truly has a top five season easily within his range of outcomes uh, because of that pass catching ability. You're getting an Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler type ceiling 
way, way, way okay. later at a way lower opportunity cost. And he's a heck of a running back as well. He's going to be the fantasy MVP. He has so much value if he's completely I also wanna, healthy. I want to shout out Kevin uh, DuBois mm-hmm. underscore 2-2. Much love to you, mate. We appreciate you for sure. Hope you are also having a safe weekend, a long yeah. weekend uh, here in Canada. Not sure about our... Uh, Neighbors it to is. the south. It is okay. That's what I'm talking about. I don't work hey, on look, Monday. We did our fantasy. We did our fantasy MVPs. We're gonna talk. We're just gonna give our fantasy bus with a little context, uh, so we can come back and explain that next year. We're gonna go fantasy bus, Jacob. Real quick, who's your fantasy bus for 2021? Look, I'm always saying, why do you keep drafting these running backs? You're gonna put in your bench in like round three, round four, round five, and redraft. Although in one particular running back's case, you're drafting a guy in round four that their actual team is going to put on the bench. That's Kareem Hunt. People are drafting a fucking backup running back in round four, according to Fantasy Pros ADP. That's absolutely ludicrous. Uh, if you go to uh, the ADP, here's some wide receivers you can get after Kareem Hunt. You can get Cooper Cup. You can get Tyler Lockett. You can get DJ Moore. Uh, you can get Deontay Johnson. You can get Brandon Ayuk. You can get T. Higgins, who we just talked about. All these guys you can get after a running back who's literally a backup. Um, he's not even the star of his own freaking team. Uh, he's going to have value, sure. But there's just no chance that Kareem Hunt passes or, or, or hits his value without a Nick Chubb injury. And even when Nick even Chubb did with. get injured last year, Kareem Hunt was very good. You wanted to start him every week. But he wasn't some league-breaking asset. He certainly wasn't Nick Chubb. So Tony Pollard was a better handcuff Hunt, than Kareem Hunt. Where you're basically getting a really expensive version of Naheem Hines uh, absolutely missed me with that shit. Yeah. Uh, like I just mentioned while Jacob was talking, Tony Pollard ended up being more valuable than Kareem Hunt in the games where Zeke missed than in games where Chubb missed. And that just shows you what is up. Billy, uh, your fantasy bus with little to no context. All right. Season. This is this is pretty straightforward. I'm taking the entire Bucks wide receiving core at ADP. This is a very simple concept, and I completely defer people out to the fantasy footballers because they released an amazing article about this, talking about the fact that very, very, very rarely is there three wide receivers being drafted in the top 50 that they all return on value, that they even get close. Like, this is a very, very, very rare occurrence. We're talking once in the last 10 years. Like, it is so ridiculously rare for this to occur. And we're just predicting it like it's nothing for this year. Like, Godwin's, Evans, and Antonio Brown. We're talking about Antonio Brown as one of the best values in fantasy. Like, it's, I think it's this piece that is setting a lot of people up to fail. And they're bolstering their entire team, taking Godwin as their wide receiver one, taking Evans as their wide receiver two, Evans as their wide receiver one in some cases. Like I think it's it's a very serious situation where it's bolstering a lot of teams to fail. So for my bust, I'm taking the entire Bucks wide receiving core. Totally fair. I'm very interested to see how it goes. I mean, I love the goat. I love Brady, but uh, I don't. Yeah, it's going to take some injuries to get it there because the way they use the running backs and the tight ends there, it's going to be tough. I agree with that. Uh, with the the bust for me, it's pretty simple. It's James Robinson. Look, ETN went down, and all of a sudden, James Robinson was going to get his 97 percent. Uh, RB touch share. Get out of here with that. Just watching how Urban Meyer ran. Also, it's Urban Meyer who's been questionable at best. They drafted, you know, quarterback Jesus for the last two, three years here in Trevor Lawrence and Carlos Hyde damn near split touches with James Robinson. Look, Robinson's not 
not not going to get the ball 15 times when they're down three scores anymore. He's not going to get, you know, that abundance of carries. There's no way he hits on his touchdown rate. There's no way he hits on his usage. It's just, it's a pipe dream. And when Etienne went down, everyone celebrated. We got a win. We got James Robinson back. James Robinson, RB1. No, I'm sorry. He's going to bust if you keep trading those high value assets for him. He's going to bust if you keep drafting him high because, well, Etienne's never going to be the same when he comes back. I don't care. Miss me with it. James Robinson will be lucky to hit RB15 this season. Bow. All right, that's going to be our takes uh, going into the 2021 season. Real quick, we just want to give you some real-life football takes before we get to people VRTDB and get the hell out of here. Super Bowl winners, I myself have the Washington football team winning it. Their defense, they got the quarterback play, they got a good offense. They are literally set up to be the most like, prototypical Super Bowl-winning team uh, in the NFL. Jacob, your Super Bowl team this year. San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance, Susan, he's going to get in there sooner than later. I still think he gets in there before the bye week in week seven. And once he does, there is only one way to go, and they won't be looking back. They're going to be the highest scoring team in the NFL, and they have a top five defense in the NFL. I have no idea how you stop that team at all on offense with someone as fast as Mostert, with Sermon, and you got Lance running the option and all those weapons and Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel. With Shanahan dialing it up, good luck. I want to say that me and Jacob had the same Super Bowl pick, and mine was in the show sheet first because I wanted to lead in and say that Trey Lance is going to do something that no one has ever done, and that's win the Super Bowl as a rookie starting quarterback. That okay. is what Trey Lance is set up to do this year. They have one of the most complete teams in the NFL up there with Cleveland. Like they, So much of their team is set up to be absolute stars. And I also found out, me and Jacob have the exact same Super Bowl matchup based on what he's showing in the in the show sheet, and that is the 49ers winning the Super Bowl the over, over the Buffalo Bills. You're both fired. Both of you. Uh, Get out. You're gone. Now, if, if, it, Look, if you're going to stay 49ers Ravens, I'm just going to turn off the lights right now. Now, I'm going to pass it, ba- <laughs> I'm gonna hey, pass it back up to it Tom. I'm going to pass All it right. back up to Tom to feed me for my MVP pick, because that's very related to what I just said. Well, okay. Well, now that the cat's out of the bag, <laughs> uh, Billy, hit us with your surprise tie-in or not tie-in for your 2021 NFL MVP. You know what? I will, Tom. And, you know, I'm going to take last year's breakout quarterback. I'm taking Josh Allen to win the MVP after he has 50 total touchdowns and 4,200 yards. Give me Josh Allen after leading his team to the Super Bowl. Okay, I can dig that. Jacob, 2021 NFL MVP. Look, well, I said that Trey Lance was going to get in there sooner than later. That's because I think Jimmy gets them off to a little bit of an auspicious start. They have to win the Super Bowl from the wild card. The winner of that division will be a little bit south. It's going to be the Los Angeles Rams. And look, if the Rams dominate this season, Narrative Street is going to be absolutely thriving with Matthew Stafford, MVP hype. Uh, They lost Cam Akers. I think they're going to be leaning on the pass more than we've ever seen in the McVay era. He's got Woods. He's got Cup. Of course, he's got Tutu Atwell. uh, And he's got the absolute waste man that is Van Jefferson. Look, Matthew Stafford is going to be dealing. I think Matthew Stafford can easily pass for 5,000 yards this season. 
And with that defense that the Rams have, if they win 13, 14 games, oh man, those writers, the sports writers, they're going to be all up in narrative street uh, handing Matthew Stafford the MVP award. I can see the association wanting to give Stafford the award. Right. Especially coming out of the dirt hole that was uh, uh, Detroit. Coach Craig loves the Stafford uh, pick for MVP. My pick is going to hurt me. Uh, man, it's tough to say. I watched this team struggle for my entire life, and all of a sudden they are just absolute powerhouses. Uh, Christian Williams is going to love this one. My 2021 NFL MVP is going to be Baker Mayfield. Um, look, <laughs> fuck off. Uh, look, <laughs> I'm a lifelong Baker fan as much as you're a Tyler Boyd lover. So, well, we can at least go with that. Look, it's not about fantasy football here. It's about what quarterback stats are going to look good enough when their team goes 14 and two. And I think the Cleveland Brown, I don't think there's any way the Cleveland Browns don't go, oh, sorry, 14 and three, uh, new game, one more game this year, 14 and three. I think that they're going to be the best team in the AFC. I think it's not going to be close if they can stay healthy. The offense is ridiculous. The coaching staff is great. Baker Mayfield has to be above average. And if Matt Ryan can win an MVP, I think Baker Mayfield can win an MVP because his weapons are just as good. And as Jacob had mentioned to me before the show started, or I think it was Billy mentioned to me before the show started, they are talking about relying on Baker that little bit more. And if they do, his numbers will look just good enough in the eyes of the the old school voters to give him the MVP based on record. And if even if San Francisco dominates, they're going to have two quarterbacks. That's not going to work for an MVP. I'm going Baker. God, it hurts me to say Baker Mayfield, 2021 NFL MVP, uh, fantasy quarterback like 18 or 15. Uh, but that's that's where we're going. Look, that was the, that was the meat of it. But we still got one more bit to go to. We are going to run long today because. That's been a while, so we're going to go a little bit long, but another top-tier segment that we like to do on this show, I will explain it when we come back. This is going to be the people, the RTDB, back again. Sit tight. That dude is loving that horn. Look, <laughs> hey, shout out Herms. Uh, look, uh, I am your uh, your judge, your jury, and your executioner in this case. In these proceedings, this is the people VRTDB. Uh, I am the paragon of objectivity. I do not make any predetermined notions unless it's something to do with the Baltimore Ravens, which today it does not. Gentlemen, we're going to present the cases uh, this is the high roller roller coasters versus Billy's hatless uh, safety dancers. Uh, Feels like a very biased title, but okay. <laughs> hey, I didn't write. Yeah, it's almost point. like I wrote it. <laughs> Look, this is how it's gonna go down. Uh, the prosecution, uh, Billy is gonna make his case, and Jacob will be defending, making his case, and at the end, I will make my final judgment. If you want to make an appeal on the people VRTDB court. You can let us know at FullTiltDynasty.com. You can at us, send your appeal. It could be a paragraph. It could be a sentence, two sentences, three sentences. doesn't matter. Gentlemen, get ready to present your cases and bring the fire to the courtroom today as me and Judge Judy look upon you in judgment. Billy, make your case. 
All right, real quick, I want to hammer home the the big argument me and Jacob are having because we have had this fight for years now. I mean, we've known each other for years. So we've been having this fight for years. And that is volatility is a good thing at the wide receiver position. I say I value floors more. Jacob values ceilings. Now, when I start addressing this topic, I want to hammer home the difference between volatility and asymmetrical upside. When we're looking at asymmetrical upside, we're looking at players like Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, who are in the situation where they have that high floor, but they also have the opportunity to go off for 150 yards and three touchdowns, to have a Sammy Watkins week any given week. And worst case scenario, you know what? You're going to get 15 points a week. We're all happy with that. That is not what we're arguing here. We're arguing the case of wide receivers who are volatile to the point where they have the absolute highest ceilings and the absolute lowest floors. And the problem with that is historically, that is a symmetrical curve. When you get a wide receiver who has a very, very high ceiling, they have equally as many games running at a very, very low floor. That is the definition of a standard deviation volatility. Like that is the baseline definition. So any given week where you have a player who is purely volatile, you are going to run the risk of just punting that position. It is absolutely worth nothing. And we can already see that bearing itself out in ADP. No one wants to touch. No one wants to touch Tyler Lockett. No one wants to touch some of these other wide receivers who have this ability to go off and have 50 points a game because no one wants to deal with the seven weeks in the season where they put up two points, where they have a reception for a yard, and we're all really excited that they just touched the ball. That is the difference that we're trying to look at. Where as we can have players who have these floor options and. They are reliable. They are consistent throughout any given point. I saw you laugh at the voice crack. I'm not 12, <laughs> but they're reliable in that case. Guilty and that's card. what we're trying to find. We're trying to find these players who are consistent producers. Because when you have those consistent producers and you load up on your asymmetrical upside in the early rounds, because that's where you find those options, that's how you win these leagues. So I'm not looking at these early round wide receivers, round one, round two, like Devontae Adams, Tyreek okay. Hill. They are extremely valuable. I'm not going to touch that. They have the opportunity to put up these really big games. This volatility argument bears itself out very well, seen in rounds three to round seven, where, you know, people like me who have gone robust RB are starting to hammer these wide receivers and grab players like Allen Robinson, a personal love of mine. And we're staring down the, the barrel of the gun with other wide receivers like the aforementioned Tyler Lockett. With that, I'm going to conclude my opening statement and hand it off to Jacob. That Billy, have you strong, ever actually that was seen your strongest opening statement? Have you ever actually seen a roller coaster? I, I know that like they go fast, so you probably have never been on one. But have you ever seen one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, what's the shape of a roller coaster? Can you demonstrate? Yeah, you, you want up and down? Is, right. it, is that what so you mean? You go up actually quite steeply, right? You go up like this, but then. If you just went down equally steeply, symmetrically, like that would be extremely unsafe. You would fall right off. If, your, so you like if this, your argument, and then you go out like that, right? It's actually a little bit more gradual, and actually, that's how the scoring works as well in fantasy. I know that you used a lot of big words, so people will be impressed. And congratulations, you have a master's degree, right? So you're a smart guy. However, you lied to the people. <laughs> you lied to the court. You said that it's perfectly symmetrical, but that's not true. 
if you have a player whose average points per game is like 12 or 15, that's inherently closer to zero than it is to 50, which Tyler Lockett can do any in any given week, right? So it's actually not symmetrical. The difference between the average and the floor is this. It's the up the roller coaster. But the oh, difference between that so and the ceiling is stretched all the way out. And that's where you get your asymmetrical upside from. Okay, we play in a game in which there are not that many inputs that end up functioning into a lot of outputs. And I talked about this in my Pareto principle piece, but if you don't trust me, you can trust much smarter folks than me, such as Adam Harstad, who talked about how fantasy operates on a power law distribution. And what that means is essentially, it goes like this. It's not about, it's not linear. It's not, the, you know, the first round picks are worth this much and the second and then the third and the fourth and the fifth. The big outcomes, season long and week to week, the 50 point Tyler Lockett weeks, those are weeks that win you the week. If you have Tyler Lockett that week, you win. It's it's a wrap. It's done. It's over. So all these other little, someone gets 12. Oh my God, they got a first down, but then it got taken away by holding. Oh no, what am I going to do? It doesn't matter because you have Tyler Lockett go for 50. And the other thing that Adam Harstad says is that a portfolio full of risky assets is not a risky portfolio. It's actually a safe portfolio because even if some of those assets are going to drop a little bit lower, there's not that much room to drop because the floor is already pretty low. All you need is one guy each week to hit that ceiling. And all of a sudden you're putting up scores that other people can't match with their itty little baby, baby Linus blanket teams that Billy's rolling out there each week. We're done. Okay. Strong opening statements. I got to say, this is shaping up to be difficult. Billy, you get your one rebuttal before Jacob has his and me and Judge Judy roll on y'all. Go ahead. No, I'm glad that I'm glad that Jacob continued to harp on Tyler Lockett because he really is the like model of this game. Like that that is the absolute apex of what we are looking at when we're looking at volatility. And the one thing I want to hammer home, and Jacob brought it up very aptly, is that it doesn't matter if you win a game by one point or if you win a game by 50 points. What matters is when your wide receiver puts up no points at all. When you are in the situation where you're putting up Tyler Lockett's 50-point week, which he had last year, I'm not going to debate that. He scored those many points. But when you're in that situation and you're going to bat against that player, against that amount, you're going to lose. But the next three weeks, the next four weeks, you're going to end up winning net if you're betting on high floor players. And we can look at that by looking at two players going at the same ADP right now in Robert Woods and Tyler Lockett. Last year, Tyler Lockett outscored Robert Woods significantly over the course of the season. If we played them head to head, one team, one team, Robert Woods on one side wide receiver, Tyler Lockett on the other, the Robert Woods side team would have won 10 out of five or 10 matchups to five from Tyler Lockett. That is plain setup. And you know what? The game where Tyler Lockett put up 50 points and Robert Woods put up 12, that difference of 38 points doesn't mean jack shit the second half of that season. It doesn't matter because you know what? The rest of that season, Robert Woods is putting up 15 and Tyler Lockett's putting up five every goddamn week. And we can do that. You know what? Maybe that's not a good comparison. Let's look at a volatile player and a high-end player or a floor player that are on the same team. Let's go look at Pittsburgh right now. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, both situations. 
They have the same buy. We're not looking at injuries. We're looking at two players who are in the same position catching the ball from the same quarterback. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool finished with the exact same goddamn score as Woods and Lockett. Deontay Johnson finishes with 10 wins and Chase Claypool finishes with five. That is the situation we are looking at. And you know what? We can even go to bat in Carolina. Carolina, where we had one of the more volatile wide receivers in the league, which we heard plenty of from this one. This one, God damn it, I, I hate that so much, which we heard plenty of from this one, complaining about DJ Moore in every sleeper chat every single Sunday for the 17 weeks of the season compared to Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson took nine, DJ Moore took six. That's the situation. And you know what? Even they scored the same amount at the end of the year. That's the situation we're looking at. That's what we're trying to tackle when we're looking at volatility. It's the fact that week to week, if you have high floor players consistently, which you can get at these same ADPs in these middle rounds, you're going to win your games. I don't care what you're looking at weeks 8 to 15. I don't care about that. Because in those situations, that's where you're betting on flex wide receivers like my love, Darnell Mooney, to sub into your flex and, you know what, hopefully he gets 150 yards and two touchdowns. But that's not what you're going to bet rounds three to eight. So I'll pass it on to Jacob and hope he can bring this home. I, I, love I, mean, Billy I don't even fire. understand why I have to say anything. Billy just said that he's going to be entering leagues this year relying on Darnell Mooney. I, I feel like I've already won. Um, however, uh, you know, that being said. Wow. Getting Look, dicey today. Let's have some order. How often in this do court. you see a team play the Kansas City Chiefs and you hear the announcer say, Oh boy, they need to be going for this fourth town because they're going up against Pat Mahomes on the other side? How often do you see in basketball, remember the Grizzlies and the Cavaliers played against the Peak Warriors? What did they do? They wanted to slow the game down, they wanted to create less possessions because they knew the longer you play it out, the harder it's going to be to beat this team that's better than you, right? Billy talked a lot about weeks 8 to 15. You know a week I care about? Week 16, the week where you actually win money. And you know who you, you play in week 16? You play the other best team in the league. So the idea of, okay, well, I just need to get, uh, I, I just want to get marginally better each week. Okay, Robert Woods outscored this guy 10 to 7, whatever. You put that aside. Because there's a higher standard at play when you're trying to win the championship. You're not trying to beat the median every week. You're not trying to win a cash game every week. Like, I play DFS cash games. Put Deontay Johnson with a lock button. As long as he doesn't pick up an injury in the first quarter or keep dropping balls to the point that his coach has to bench him, absolute lock button in cash games every single week. But when I'm trying to win a tournament in DFS, when I'm trying to actually win some money, I want Tyler Lockett in there because I need that higher-end outcome. Right. Well, we talk a lot about distributions. Robert Woods' distribution, probably a little bit more like this. Right. And if you're just trying to beat this median, maybe that's a great thing. However, when you're trying to beat the other best team in the league, there's a higher standard. You don't need 15 is not good enough. You need 20. You need 25. You got to stretch the distribution. And sadly, fantasy players aren't idiots. So you can't just go in the fourth round and say, I'll get the guy who scores more points, please. You have to accept a little bit of risk with the ceiling to be able to take on those best teams. That's what you want to do with guys who have that asymmetrical upside season long. 
And that's why you want to be able to capture that week to week. So you have that edge. So give me Lockett who goes around after Robert Woods. Give me Fuller who's going after a Tyler Boyd. Give me these guys because I want to be able to get weak winning upside with every spot in my flex. So that when I'm facing the best team in the league, I'm playing to win, not just playing to lose in a way that's more satisfactory. Tom, do we get closing statements? Like, is that a thing in this court? <sighs> yeah, you, you can have it. I love the fire today. The chat's loving the fire. Bring your closing statements, Billy. Yeah, I, I just want to go to bat and say people who don't care about weeks 8 to 15 don't go to the playoffs or the championship either way. So I think that's a fine conclusion you want to make. I mean, that's your bat to go with, but all right. Look, I, that's fine. I, I, I guess other people aren't as good, and so they have to worry about weeks 8 to 15. Um, you know, if, if my argument loses because I'm not able to understand people who are inferior to my abilities at fantasy football, then I suppose that that's possible. But, uh, you know, since I'm always playing in week 16, that tends to be where my focus lies. Hey, I won the league of records, so I'm good. Oh, this is, let's get some order in this court. Look, I got to make my decision. And, uh, Jacob, ah, uh, look, I got to say this. You lost me at one particular argument that I'm going to get into. I'm going to award the victor to Billy. I'm going to, the people are taking the win uh, this week. This is a tough one. I loved it from everyone, but this is where you went wrong. In 2019, I'm sure you remember a Dynasty Championship game, myself, uh, V Caddy. And one of the players that she had in her lineup that week was Tyler Lockett, who ended up with an op- abysmal 3.5 fantasy points against the abysmal Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Tyler Lockett is a player that relies on those weeks and the volatility of these high scoring Will Fuller, Tyler Lockett needing to hit their absolute max ceiling or leaving you dead in the water is something that I personally avoid. I wish that you just had to avoid that one statement about championship games, and I think you would have took it. I think you went too far. But she would have lost anyway. She lost by like 30 points. She did need 30 points to beat you. But if she hit she the had 50 points, with 50 Tyler points, Lockett would have lost by less. Look, what I'm saying is if when she was relying on that player, who I did try to trade for that season, um, well, sure, leg injury, but not in that game. Look, um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what matters. That so like, dismissive. <laughs> like, these, these, these players, they need, they need to hit that maximum ceiling. I think that you do need to play uh, fantasy football with at least a little bit of thought to the floor of those players in your starting lineup when you're outside of bye week and injury troubles. These players should be bye week and injury fillers, in my opinion, in guys like Tyler Lockett. I'm awarding the victory to Big Billy FF. Congratulations to him. You both put up such a fight, such a great fight. I love to see it. I know the fans did. When we come back, we're going to get out of here and send everyone away for their long weekend in good spirits. <laughs> Sit tight. Except for except for Jacob. You can file an appeal. That was the people VRTDB. Uh, look, that was the bold and the beautiful. You're both bold and you're both beautiful. 
It was a fantastic time. This show was great. I'm happy we're back. I'm glad we got to have that little bit of a break. It sucked that I had to miss last week, but look, we're rolling into the new season and uh, our first full season here. Uh, I know we did the started all off at the FNL uh, league, and we want to thank everyone there. I want to thank everyone for staying hot in the chat today. It was fantastic. All the retweets and the likes and the downloads and the conversations and the progression moving forward of the show has been unbelievable. So thank you to everyone. Billy, tell everyone where they can follow you and promise them that you're going to tweet a little bit more. Yeah, you can find me at Big Billy FF. Uh, I don't have access to Twitter during most work days, so that's part, of, that's part of why I can't tweet. I'm sorry. Uh, you can find me on Full Tilt Dynasty. We're writing out um, the Preview 22 series. I just released my Isaiah Spiller one. He's amazing. I love him so much. Um, I, we're going to start unloading some more of those. I want to start talking about Chris Olave because I think he's really interesting, and I think he's going to be a film versus analytics debate for this year, very similar to what we had with Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle last year. Jacob, loser, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you? You know, history is riddled with examples of kangaroo courts making irresponsible decisions based on incomplete understandings <laughs> of the facts. And it looks like today we take our unrightful place in history. You can find me on Twitter with good takes, uh, drafting Tyler Lockett <laughs> at FF underscore RTDB. Uh, my next and last piece prior to uh, the start of the season for Player Profiler will be the definitive case against handcuffing the takes on why the acres and Dobbins and ETN injuries show that you should always be drafting handcuffs have tilted me literally off of the gravitational plane of planet earth. Uh, <laughs> and I just feel the need uh, to write about that. So I will be, and you can find me in season with a weekly DFS piece up on player profiler. And more importantly, you can find the soon to be released in graphic form, no free squares with Jacob Sanderson on the full tilt <laughs> dynasty network. Uh, that will be every week uh, myself and we'll probably rotate in some guests occasionally uh, talking daily fantasy sports and some prop bets uh, in conjunction with thrive fantasy. Of course, um, getting ready for the regular season. So super excited to announce that. And uh, I know Tom's been hard at work on the graphics. So we'll have the official Twitter announcement coming out shortly. That's right. And as for myself, I'm your host with the most time on his hands. I'm Tom Simple FF. Look, uh, we do everything we can to provide some entertainment and a little bit of break for everybody at the end of the week. There are so many great shows that happen throughout the week and to have everyone drop in here with us Friday nights. It's just, it's, it's, I can't even put into words uh, how much gratitude I have for everybody. And like, I like to say every week that if you agree with everything we said this week, well, you got to let us know if you more specifically, if you dislike what we said on this show, well, you definitely got us know if you have any appeals for the people at FF, the RTT, uh, RTDB, you can file that at fulltiltdynasty.com. You can add us on the bird app where everyone let you know, and our HR alpaca back here, Patrick, he will get back to you as soon as he can. We also produce the Fantasy Walkabout, which is every Tuesday where myself and Tom underscore Lee92 talk about the true value in fantasy. And announcements for that, we're doing rookie card giveaways for the 2020 class, so you're going to want to tune into that and get your opportunity to do that. We're also going to be dropping uh, a competition for the best Aussieisms. Let me tell you, we're not there to fuck spiders. We are there to uh, leave you fanging for more fantasy football content. And the season is going to be fantastic. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, but we're not going to be able to do it without everybody here. And as I always like to say, 
the most important thing about fantasy football is having a good time. And we are blessed to be able to interact with so many great people and reach out and have these conversations about something that is intended to be fun and something that we love. So it's very important is to not be an absolute dickhead at all hours of the day. Be kind to each other. Be nice to each other. Enjoy it. Get ready for the season. We'll see you back here next week. Again, from myself, Thomas Tipple FF. For FF underscore RTDP <laughs> at Big Billy FF. Sorry for Hendo down there in the chat. We did talk about the 2019 Tundra uh, Championship. Uh, it's going to be a rough season for you, buddy, but you've got other leagues. Hang was in was there. Brad in that championship game? Remind me, I forget. No, he was not. I believe he was uh, he com- coming up the end there. Uh, the Bro, clown suit well. champion, the king of punishment. War like an absolute animal. Good night, everybody. Stay safe. Much love. We'll see you next week. Jacob Sanderson. Billy Milestone. And your host, Thomas Tipple. Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt. Till Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Give me back the shares, fucko. (laughs) I paid you handsomely. You can buy me out of current value, take the rest of the ride yourself, if you want to be rid of me that badly. Fine, half my shares back. Well, as you said, they're worth more now, so what price? Uh...